1: Hey, Charger fans, we've got a very special Parastyle podcast for you this week. We have great guest on, USC legend Matt Leinert uh, joining the show. Matt, thanks for coming on. What's going on, buddy?
0: Not much, man. Everything is good uh, good here. Just uh, another day. <laughs>
1: another day of the life of Matt Leinert. So if you don't know, uh, well, actually, we're both Heisman voters, Matt, but uh, that's about where the similarities end. Uh, Matt won the Heisman, <laughs> of course, uh, a couple national championships, a top ten pick in the NFL draft. And just to say that USC legend—I know people. I mean, I don't know if that's hit hit you yet. It's not—you know—it's been a little while since your career, but not long enough that people. You're a legendary college quarterback, a legendary player at USC. That probably has to mean something to you. It's—it's
0: it's so funny, man. I was uh, actually the night before the spring game last week. Um, they had the USC Ambassadors weekend, and I was at dinner with uh, Baselli and Anthony Munoz and, and Willie McGinnis and Rodney Pete and Sam Bam Cunningham and uh pat hayden and sark and i was just sitting there to be considered a legend or to be considered you know obviously a, a hall of fame at usc and all this stuff it just it, it's so surreal because i'm I'm still so young but i just look at those guys and those guys to me are living legends those guys are to me like you know i grew up watching and and to me that's what usc football was all about so uh, to be in that mix it, it's it's such an honor and um it's just it's just it's just awesome you know it's just awesome to be a part of that group and to be a trojan and um it, it's crazy you know i was talking to sark about it at that dinner and there's it, it's it's crazy how a lot of the kids probably at usc with exception to a handful don't even know who you know i was or the guys that played with me um you know some of the some of the players on the, the national championship team because it's just there's just a big age gap now, and it's starting to get older and older. So, um, but it, but it's 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 a it's, a, it's a, to be in the, the same breath as some of those guys. It's uh, it's amazing.
1: You know, it's funny you mentioned that, and uh, you know, with the, the sanctions coming to an end and stuff. Um, when you're talking, we talk to recruits all the time. Obviously, for scout, you know, we we follow recruiting, mm-hmm. and we I would like to talk to you about how recruiting's changed over the years. But Reggie Bush, you know, your teammate Reggie Bush, his name still comes up, which is kind of crazy. Yep. That he's—it's still like something that you know athletes like to come to USC because they've seen Reggie Bush play, and I, they were probably ten years old or something or, or younger when they saw him play.
0: Yeah, he, hes the and we talked about that. He's the one player that 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 changed, changed recruiting for USC and, and changed the game, so to speak. You know, just we hadn't seen a player like that. Um, you know, a couple guys come to mind. I mean, like a Michael Vick at quarterback, just a guy like in college that just changed the game and was so fast and so dynamic and, and so uniquely skilled. No one compared to that Reggie is There's never going to be another Reggie Bush. I mean, what he did in college was truly amazing. And, um, you know, I know like, you know, a Dory Jackson is one of those guys who looks up to him and, and he's the one guy that, that all the recruits remember because he was so, he was so different, you know, in a good way. So, um. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty amazing that a lot of the kids don't know a lot of those players on those teams, like the Dwayne Jarrett and Steve Smith, and some of our offensive linemen and the defensive players. But Reggie Bush is the one name that you could you say and they know. And maybe it's because he's still playing in the league and he's still a big name, but. Um, yeah, he changed he changed USC recruiting for for a long time.
1: Yeah, it's still changed now. And uh, Matt Leinart, we're talking to him. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt Leinert QB. That's Matt Leinert QB. No H in there. People say that Matt Leinhart, Matt Leinart QB. I'm sure you get that <laughs> you get that kind of stuff all the time. Um, but for for right now, you know, moving on from your football career, uh, you were a, a, an analyst last year for Fox Sports One. Hope to see you bet doing that again with uh, one of my. We have a mutual friend in Bruce Feldman. And he, you know, I got to talk to him. He said you've been doing great work there. And then you also were working for Pac-12 Network and got to see the spring game. So I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on uh, the USC spring game because you got to to check it out and analyze it. And what what this current team looks like to you?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, you know what it was. It was it was kind of a glorified seven on seven. Obviously, there there wasn't a lot of there was virtually no tackling, no running, and, and I can understand that because the numbers are still aren't there. And uh, at this point in spring. You know, you can either go one way and you go full out and you're full contact, or you kind of you back off and you just want to escape spring with no injuries and take a look at some of the younger players that you have and see what they can do in that type of atmosphere. So, um, all in all, I thought it was uh, it, it was entertaining. You know, it's 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 hard to talk about something like that because it's not a full game, but yeah. um, I liked. You know, I mean, Juju Smith stands out. The guy, you know, your your usual kind of suspects stand out. As far as the guys that are going to be leaders on this football team, Cody Kessler. Um, we didn't see a lot of the running backs. I was hoping to see a little more of uh, Davis and Madden, but um, didn't see really any running backs. And I liked Isaac Whitney. I thought he looked good. I think Stephen Mitchell looked good. Max Brown obviously was kind of the story of the game. I thought um, that's got to put the coaches at ease, knowing that they have a player like that that can come in if, if something were to happen to Cody, that that he can continue to to you know drive the car in the right way and. Um, but, but the, you know, the expectations are going to be high again at USC. And, and if you're a Trojan, you know, and you're a player, that's what you want. That's what we wanted when I was there. You know, that's what you expect. Um, now can you live up to that hype? Can you, can you play that way every weekend? That's what we're going to find out. Um, but with the top recruiting class coming in and, you know, the core players back, uh, you know, minus, you you know, there's some, we lost a lot of production on both sides of the ball and some big-time players. I get that, but there's a lot of guys coming back with experience, um, and then there's a lot of young talent coming in that should have an, an impact right away. So uh, it's an exciting time, you know, and, and we'll just see. I think Sark's got the team moving in the right direction.
1: The uh, the quarterback situation is interesting because I think you know when you guys were you know when you guys were winning all those games. Uh, you were the quarterback, you know, Matt Castle was your backup. I think the, the coaches had some confidence and obviously he's still in the NFL. I mean, he's, he, he was a pretty good quarterback. I think that it's a similar thing where they feel like if Max Brown needed to come in for, uh, for Cody Kessler, that he's kind of a co-starter. He could be there, someone that could come in and lead them to win some games too.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, we saw, you know, we saw with Ohio state last year is a perfect example um, of a quarterbacks coming in and playing well, you know, and, and people sort of forget, you know, if the starter goes down, you better have someone that can come in and play. And uh, you know, we just covered you know the Stanford game uh, before our game at USC, and um, you know their backup quarterbacks are battling, and both of them it's unsettled. You know, and, and for Coach Shaw, who I who I really like and appreciate and respect, you know that that's 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 something that you got to be nervous about. You know, you you want to have a guy that can come in, and and you know they're not going to probably play at the highest level of, of your starter, especially a guy like Cody who's been there for years now and he's a Heisman candidate in my opinion and um, but you just want to go in there and play well you know and, and and not force anything not turn the ball over and it appears that Max Brown could be that guy you know he played well and and, and just talking to Sark and guys around the campus they just everyone is just such high praise for this kid so um, I'm happy to see him sticking it out you know he was a national player of the year a couple of years ago um, could have easily left somewhere else and um, but you know, I think this is that once Cody leaves, this is his job uh, if he wants it, and uh, he could be a big time player for USC.
1: The uh, you mentioned Isaac Whitney and Juju Smith. Isaac Whitney to me, uh, similar like they haven't had a lot of the big Dwayne Jarrett type of receivers, you know, the the taller guys, uh, Mike Williams, kinds of like guys like that mm-hmm. for a while. But it seems like Isaac Whitney kind of approaches that maybe six three, six three and a half, maybe not quite a six four, six four and a half guy. But what did you see from him?
0: Um, you know what? It, it, again, it, it wasn't a lot. You know, I think you know a couple of hitch routes and a couple you know stick routes. But for me, it's just you know talking to Sark about him. It's just getting him comfortable with the system, getting him comfortable with the the terminology and understanding the route concepts and all that. Um, because from what I hear, is pretty raw as far as football. Um, and uh, you know, but, but the talent is there and the physical attributes are there. And and you said it. We haven't had a guy like that. To, to, to impact, I mean, we've had fantastic receivers, but they've been a little smaller type guys. To have a bigger player like that, that you know, opposite of a guy like Juju Smith, who's big in his own right, but you know, he's six foot six one. Uh, to have a guy on the other side, who stands six three, six four, can stretch the field, go up and get the football. Uh, I mean, that, that's it, it. Just is going to make that offense make Cody's life a lot easier, where he can just throw. You know, I think what we've been missing the last couple of years is is what we had when I was there When we had Mike and we had Dwayne and you can single those type of receivers backside and just throw fades up there or, or call your, call your routes and really take advantage of the size difference. And if Isaac can be that guy for Sark or for Cody, I mean, this offense is going to explode, you know, because you already know you're, you have playmakers and Juju and some of these other receivers and, you know, Justin Davis and, and you have an offensive line that's, that's returning everybody. So, um, You just want to keep. You want to have him continue to improve, study, um, and and maybe if it's if it's kept simple for him going into fall camp and and ease him along, Um, because it's hard for new guys. Even if it's a JUCO or if it's an incoming freshman, it's a lot of a lot of new stuff to process. But from what I saw, there's a lot of potential there.
1: Do you uh, does Juju remind you of anyone? I mean, he's only 18. He's going to be the you know leader of this receiver core, but. You know, he's not like you said, not the tallest guy, but you know, bigger, stockier guy. Does he remind you of anyone you played with, uh, college or NFL? It,
0: I mean, if body type, Anquan Bolden, you know, probably is the closest thing. It, you know, from college, I played. I either had, you know, six five two thirty, or I had, you know, six <laughs> one one eighty five. You know, you kind of your traditional with, you know, Kerry Colbert and Steve Smith. I mean, I had great, the best all time receivers in my opinion, you know, some of those guys were, were amazing, but um, Juju's got that body like Anquan Bolden, you know, I think he's faster than Anquan, but he's just, uh, we always used to just call Anquan a bulldog, he's just, he's just always going to go get the ball, he might, Juju's probably faster, Anquan wasn't the fastest guy, but he was a guy that would outrun people in, in, in open field, and um, so probably that, but just at that age, and that body type and, and that quick and fast and athletic, I mean, this kid, he's special. You know, he really is special. And watching that game, you just say, wow, this kid, <laughs> this kid is going to be the next <laughs> great receiver at USC.
1: And we thought he was going to be a safety. And, uh, you know, he was kind of like Marquis Lee. We thought he'd come in and play safety for USC. Oh, he's playing receiver and then ends up being really good. Yeah. So <laughs> kind of crazy. Well, we have a few uh, questions from some of the, the fans on the message board on the peristyle. Cool. Is that okay? You you mind answering a few? Yeah, yeah. For okay. Sure, yeah. Um let's see, Rob S C Rob two thousand ten, who was the best offensive coordinator you worked with?
0: Um that's a that's, good question. That's tough, yeah. Um <laughs> well I, I I'll put it this way. Norm Chow was fantastic for my development and um you know, he was my, my first um you know, obviously my first offensive coordinator, but when he was my coordinator, Sark was my quarterback coach. So, you know, you spend more time with your quarterback coaches. Um, So I think when I look back at it, I wouldn't label as best, but I thought I I learned the most as I got older. So that would be with Sarkeesian, Uh Um, just because I was older and I I understood the system more and more. Um, But Norm was very instrumental in in, in giving me the opportunity to play early on in my career. And, um, you know, I I love Norm Chow. Uh, He was great for me. And uh, Sark, but Sark was that more personal relationship because it was a day-to-day thing. So. Uh, and, and everyone knows I'm just a, a big fan of Sark and I love him to death, and you know we're very close. So um, I wasn't labeled best. I just labeled who I learned, you know, at the different times of my career.
1: And speaking of Sark, and I guess we probably know the answer to this then. But from what you said, but Gunham wants to know what do you think about Sark as a head coach, and how much time do you think he needs to turn this program back to greatness?
0: Uh, I think he's I think he's a great coach. I knew going back to when he was playing or when I was playing for him that he was going to be a head coach one day. Uh, it's just in his DNA. Um, I, I I believe, you know, from an outside, you know, critic looking in, you know, th- to be at USC, you have to win. And, you know, nine and four last year is not going to cut it. Now, that being said, you know, with, with, the, with the sanctions and, and the lack of bodies and the lack of scholarships to be nine and four, to be that competitive and be a couple plays away from being 11 and two is, is, is fantastic in my opinion. And I think, a lot of people forget about that. It's like, "Oh, you know, like we should have won Arizona State or we should have won Utah, yeah, we should have won, but that being said, we dressed what fifty something bodies at Utah, which is a tough team to play at their place and, and went head to head with them and Arizona State is a really good football team you know so so I always look at it that way now, eventually you're gonna have to win those type of games, you know, especially at u s c and I think with the recruiting class he has coming in with all the rest, uh, returning starters. Um, this year, there's going to be, like I said, there's going to be a lot of expectations on Sark to get into, you know, even if you're 10 and three or whatever it is, I mean, you got to win a, a Pac-12 championship, you know, and you got to yeah. put yourself in a position to be in the playoff. And, and that's the expectation and he knows it. And, and that's why you take that job because you love that. And he was a part of the gray run when we had in the, you know, the mid 2000s and he understands what it takes. So, um, I, I, I'm I'm a huge advocate for him. I love him, but at the same time, he knows he has to produce, and we all know that he has to produce. And and it's probably this year. You know, I, I'm sure he'll have. You know, he's going to have a couple years to get this thing going, but everyone wants to see that turnaround this year.
1: Uh, makes sense. Yeah, I think a lot of people agree with you there, um, Mr. McKeven. Any future plans for you to coach?
0: Um, <laughs> not really. You know, I, I think it's funny i've been asked that question all the time and <laughs> and I, I i always said when i was playing you could always tell the guys whether they were great players or not you could always tell the guys that were going to get into coaching you know you just knew you just they, they loved it you know and i loved it but i didn't i didn't have a coaching mentality um so i don't foresee myself coaching i coach my son who's eight i coached his team which i love um I think maybe when it's all said and done and and all my kids are, I have one now, but when I have more kids and I have a family when they're older and I'm a little older, maybe, but honestly, I just, uh, I don't see it happening to be honest with you.
1: Um, Speaking of your son, uh, Dub sat USC. uh, He wanted to know, is Cole already playing football? And if so, are you grooming him to be a QB?
0: (laughs) He's playing everything. He loves football. Um, He plays in the flag leagues in Manhattan beach and, um, you know, with a bunch of Trojans there, they're the Trojans, but there's a bunch of <laughs> all the parents are Trojan alumni, so it's pretty fun. <laughs> um, he loves uh, he loves quarterback, but he also loves playing tight end and receiver and, and defensive line, and, and you know, at that age, they kind of play everything. But um, it's interesting, you know. I'm not I'm not pushing it really on him. Obviously, he has he already kind of has the talent, to, the natural talent to be a quarterback. Um, but I, I'm not the type of parent who you know I don't want him to like live in my shadow, so to speak I want him to be his own person, and he's still so young but i i mean quarterback's the the greatest you know and and I think that's what he'll end up playing at some point um but I don't push any of that. he just kind of plays plays all of them
1: yeah, you got to bring him out uh his whole team to uh i think yeah. it was one of the fall practices and it seemed they' yeah. seem like they had a blast out there, yeah, they had a blast so. <laughs> um let's see f b fan for s c who is your favorite teammate at SC and his current relation? And what's your current relationship with Reggie Bush like?
0: Um, favorite teammate? I mean, that's that's tough to say. I, I would say guys that I'm still really close with and talk to all the time. Um, Frosty Rucker is still a good friend. He's just one. He's one of my all time favorites. Um, Kerry Colbert, uh, Alex Holmes. I'm going to his wedding in a few weeks um, in L.A. Um, Lendell, Reggie. Um, Dwayne, uh, Ryan Khalil is still a really close friend. He was my center for all those years. Deuce, uh, Lofa, too. I mean, it goes on and on. I still talk to a lot of the guys. Um, a lot Talk to a lot of the older guys, too, like Rodney Pete and those type of guys, Willie McGinnis. Um, and then my relationship with Reggie is really good. I saw him um, uh, on his birthday uh, about a month ago, two months ago, and, uh, you know, we still keep in touch. It's one of those things when we see each other, we just We always, like, it's just like we never missed a beat. You know, he's got a family now. Um, You know, he's expecting, I think he's expecting his second child. So uh, he's doing his own thing. I'm always rooting for him, but we're still close, and we're always a text and phone call away. So um, I always love him. You know, we were, uh, you know, we had something special in college, and uh, we'll we'll continue to have that.
1: Uh, Crutch Time Trojan, the famous Arizona State game where you came back in the second half after getting knocked out. Did you have a concussion in that game?
0: Uh, pretty sure. <laughs> um, you know that was before. That was kind of right on the borderline of before all the concussion protocol. Yeah. Um, that was in. Uh, I'm assuming that was the one my senior year because Arizona State always took a beating on me every year. Um, but my senior year, yeah, they they knocked me out in the first half. You know, I didn't. I think I came out for one or two plays and. I was just not right that whole game. You know, I made some plays in the passing game, but I just wasn't there. Um, and that's, we ended up running the ball for like 300 something yards, you know, in the second half or total. So uh, I definitely would say, fortunately for me, I probably only received two concussions my whole football playing career. And, and that was one of them. Uh,
1: we got a couple more real quick. Is that okay? Yeah, with okay. No problem. Uh, sorry. I know you got to get the, get to the gym, but um <laughs> So, uh, Yan, man, how was the excuse me? How was the decision made to go for it on that historic goal line quarterback sneak at Notre Dame? So he's talking about the Bush push. Uh, were all the coaches and offensive players in sync? Take us through the moment.
0: Yeah, so uh, great question. I, I love you know I'll answer this question a million times, but I love it. Uh, <laughs> so the way, so the way, the way our quarterback sneak was set up, and I'm not sure if they still do this. It's pretty universal, um, but the way we set it up was every time the offensive line heard me say, you know, spike it or, you know, um, you know, whatever, they always blocked quarterback sneak no matter what, whether I would spike it or not. So it was always built in that I could QB sneak whenever I wanted. Um, But most of the time, those are always in situations. Obviously, if we're trying to stop the clock and I spike, 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 they know I'm not going to Q quarterback sneak. But in that situation, Um, we had just got a first down or, or the clock had stopped and and the refs, you know, we're going to blow the whistle and and get it. So in that probably 10 seconds that I had, um, it all happened so fast, but I told the offensive line knew we were going to probably spike it, but they also, I kind of told them, Hey, get ready. You know, like they they knew that I was going to try and go for it because we were so close. Um, so they were all on the same page, um, in that short time period, I looked at Pete and Sark and all those guys. And when when we were going to spike it, if I gave them kind of like a, like, a, like a shooting gun type thing when it was like pointing at me and, and them, that always meant, should I go for it? Or, you know, do you want me to do this? And if they did it back, they'd be like, yeah, that was kind of our signal. Like, yeah, you got it. Go, you know, wedge it. So I just said like, hey, if you look at the replay, you can kind of see Pete like shrug his shoulders like, you know, can you do it? Like, go. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it's pretty cool when, when people know what happened and then they watch it. They can be like, oh, yeah, that's 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 what he's talking about. So, <laughs> um, for everyone listening, go back and YouTube and pull up the play, and you can kind of see me looking at him and Pete's looking at me, kind of shrugging his shoulders. Like, okay. And then he starts to do, like, the clock signal to, to the sideline and to the defense to kind of fake him out. Um, but he knew I was going like, it was just, there was, there was no hesitation on my part. Um, so then that being said, I, I went to Reggie and I said, Hey dude, I'm going in. He's like, okay, I got you. Didn't know he was going to push me and all that. I just told him like, get ready to like, maybe push me up the gut or something. Um, and I kind of told the offensive line they kind of knew Notre Dame knew too. I mean, I'll never forget Zibikowski who was one of their great players was standing right in front of me and he was just staring at me the whole time and he knew I was going in. And I was, you know, and I was like, what? I'm either going to ruin this season for us or it's going to be the play of the year. And fortunately, everybody else did their job except me and we were able to, you know, to get across the goal line. But um, a, lot, a lot of communication goes on. Actually, in that play and the fourth and nine play, tons of communication in a really tough atmosphere and 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 for me i know i'm a little long-winded on this but for me those are like those are the great moments to to be a trojan where we were all just in sync and we all knew exactly what was going on in the toughest time you could possibly be in and those are the signs of kind of great teams and um and that's what i hope we get back to you know
1: yeah that's awesome what do you think the pushing what did you feel that was there actual was that actually help you (laughs) What'd you say? The pushing, did it actually help you?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. I, I don't I don't know if I would have got in or not, you know, maybe, but I, I don't think so, you know, because I kind of rolled off. Um, and as soon as I, I kind of rolled off the lineman, you know, Reggie was right there, and I didn't even feel him. You know, it all happened so fast. And even after, I had no idea. I just was like, <laughs> I don't know how I got in, but I got in, and then I watched the replay, and I was like, oh, okay.
1: <laughs> all right. Um, all right, we'll do two quick ones. This one's not... Very pleasant, but uh, Trojan Pete wants to know, do you still lose sleep over the 2006 Rose Bowl game like I still do?
0: <laughs> well, I don't lose sleep over it. I will tell you that I am tired of talking about it, though. Yeah,
1: okay. <laughs> um,
0: no, 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 no. I, I You know what? <laughs> it's all the what-ifs and we could have done this. You know, that's the stuff when you, when you really think about like, ah, oh, we should have won that game, you know, and, and I give them respect. They're a great football team, and, and they beat us, you know. But when you just – football is always a game of inches and there's always one or two plays that can change the outcome. And, um, you know, if, if you beat yourself over those plays then you know, you're, you're never going to get over it. And, um, so I'm over it. It, it, for me now I look at it as the greatest game of all time. It, It, it hands down is the greatest college football game of all time. And on top of that, it was the national championship game in the Rose bowl. So to be a part of that history you know, after what we all accomplished the years before that, I'm okay with it, you know, and, um, you know, to be linked to that game forever. And, uh, even though we lost, people know how great our run was and the dynasty we had. So, um, you know, we did a football life on it, Vince Young and I, uh, which was pretty cool. We're, we're still, uh, I mean, it's still uh, the 10 year anniversary of that game is this year, obviously, I, I believe so. Um, it's going to be forever, you know, something I have to talk about And I'm okay with that.
1: Okay. Then the last one kind of about the future of the the position that you play from table eight, Uh, I'd like to know your thoughts on the idea that in the near future, USC may, may transition to more of a mobile quarterback instead of the classic pro style quarterbacks that you and your successors were.
0: Well, I think, um, I mean, offenses are evolving and offenses are changing, you know, and, um, when it's all said and done, and I will say this to the day I die, you need a quarterback who can throw the football from the pocket. It doesn't matter if he's, you know, Russell Wilson and five eleven and can throw or if he's, you know, Tom Brady and or Peyton Manning. You have to have a guy that can make all the throws from the pocket. That being said, if you have a guy that can do that and a guy that can run and extend plays and move the chains and be and be a dual threat, then then, then, I mean, that's icing on the cake. You know, Aaron Rodgers is a guy like that who 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 makes a living. I mean, the guy's the, the best thrower I've ever seen, but he can also run extremely well, you know. So um, I, I think when you're looking at USC and the offense they run, um, you know, Cody Kessler is not a mobile guy, but but one of his greatest strengths, in my opinion, is just extending plays, throwing on the run, you know, extending that pocket for another second or two. Um, you know, Max Brown is not going to be that if he's a starter after this year, you know, he's a bigger more kind of more like me as far as just a bigger type prototype pro quarterback. But um, it's, I think Sark understands that you need a guy that can throw the ball. Um, But in college, you know, I will say this in college, you can get away with that. You know, I guess I'm talking more about the NFL level, but in college, um, you know, if you have a dual threat guy like that, I mean, that makes it a lot harder on defenses. So, uh, I'm not opposed to it, but you need a guy who can throw um, if you want to win championships.
1: All right. Well, great stuff. USC legend Matt Leinert joins the uh, Peristyle Podcast. Thank you so much for coming on, talking about the team, and uh, answering all the questions. I think people love to hear from you.
0: Awesome, man. Anytime, buddy. Thanks right. for having me. All
1: right. Take care. Matt, you can follow him on Twitter, at QB. Thanks for tuning into the Peristyle Podcast. We will talk to you all next week. You've been listening to the PairStyle podcast presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. And don't forget you can automatically download the podcast directly to your iPod or MP3 player for free. Just click the iTunes link on pairstylepodcast.com or search for PairStyle podcast at the iTunes Music Store.